This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast. And we're back after our glorious episode 300 with episode 301. Who knew? I think that's how numbers work, yeah. Checks uh, out to me. Numbers don't work, they make me work a lot, which is a good thing. But with this episode, we're going back to our little storyline across uh, career paths and how change can be good and bad. And unless you have anything else to talk about first, I would say, uh, what's the next thing? I wanted to have a quick laugh at the fact that it took you how many times <laughs> to say this is the Royal Elephant podcast? It took me three attempts to do this intro, and I blame Dave because he always says it wrong. Dave says, this is the Roaring Elephant podcast. That's wrong. The correct way of saying is, this is the Roaring Elephant podcast. And I was doing it wrong. Right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, now, now Jan has finished his tongue twister extravaganza. We're continuing to talk about career paths. And in this particular case, um, we sort of started to veer into the the good and bad of of staying in a in a particular niche and you know one of the things that that you were talking about Jan, was around you know one of the accelerators for you to go and um start looking at something else is because you get bored and like one of the the things that that could be uh, something that people get from you know staying in a particular role or a particular function or doing a particular thing for too long but that's not necessarily a bad thing like some for different people and different roles for sure you know staying having a specialization and continuing to develop or uh, become even more expert in that particular area in some organizations and for some people can actually um, be a career development um, piece for them. It can see them continue to flourish and be sort of even more of a focus within the organization. But it's not it's not always the case. Uh, nope. And in my past, I actually have a, a very bad example of how that actually can end up very badly indeed. And personally, when I talk to people about careers and mentoring, things like that, I usually advise against staying at a company for too long unless, and that's a very big uh, unless, that company is very diverse in what it does. Example, I was at Microsoft. Microsoft does a lot of things. I mean, you can spend 50 years there and do something else every day, probably. I mean, companies like that and Amazon, Google, uh, big other companies out there, great. But if you're at a company that does a one thing, very good, you're at a one-trick mm. pony. And as we kind of iterated already a couple of times in the previous episodes, the IT environment where we work in is so ever-changing, so fast and changing. If you stay with a, a one-trick pony company for too long, you end up with an expertise skill set nobody wants. And this can be very unnoticeable almost, because the bad example from my, my past is the one I've been, laud uh, I've been yeah, lauding a lot, Silicon Graphics. I was there for 13 years. It was a beautiful company. I loved it there. I never wanted to go away there. They were great in high HPC high-performance computing. Uh, 
Mm. Then Linux came along. Silicon Graphics went bankrupt. I mm. was an expert in everything Silicon Graphics did. I was unemployable. I had to go back in pay and in interestingness of job a lot to kind of rebuild mm. myself. And at that point, I actually went to a job. I could have gotten better paying jobs at that point with a higher uh, salary scales and everything. But I actually went to a job that allowed me to do anything I wanted to do. It was a government institute, the HPC Center here in, uh, in the Netherlands. And they allowed me to do things with virtualization, to do with uh, big data, and really broad my horizon. And ever since then, I've been picking companies that are not one-trick ponies. Um, the company I'm at at the moment, you, you can look it up. We do different things. We have three main uh, roads of products, let's say, and I can switch between those three, and that will allow me to stay here for a considerable amount of time because I will never be that much in one thing. Now, at our company, we do have the subject matter expert role, which is basically mm -hmm. you pick one of those three and you go deep. I will never do that. Now, that is me. I'm not saying this is a bad yeah, choice. Yeah. If this is all you want to do, and it is something with, I mean, if, if that one thing is security, that's still broad enough, right? But if that one thing is avoiding all possibility for DNS exfiltration, that's very narrow. So be yeah. careful how you do that. And that's when I see niche, that's the painting yourself in the corner kind of thing where you become an expert in something that someday maybe will not be relevant anymore. And that is a red flag. Yeah, I think that, I think it does make sense that I do believe that the the SME type uh, roles are incredibly valuable yes. for organizations. I love them. I yeah. Love them. And like the, the focus, I think you're right in that the, the focus of those types of roles though still needs to be broad enough to give people options and to make sure that people can continue to evolve their careers. The other thing is that, um, I've never been in, a, in an organization where like, if you decide to go down that path, that's it, you're done, you're never changing. Like I, one of the things that I appreciate about the organizations I've been in before and continue to be in to this day are that, you know, you can absolutely go and specialize in one particular area, but once you either feel you've mastered that or at least gone as far as you want to go. I've never been in an organization that said, okay, well, I'm sorry, you can't change. You are our expert for X or Y or Z. Mm -hmm. Like if you've proven your ability to go deep in one area and you're interested in doing something else, in my opinion, a, a company would be crazy to say, no, I don't want you to go and start specializing in a different area because mm -hmm. you're now talking about the retention of that employee. Yeah, okay. You're talking about their interests and what drives them. And it's as much a blend of what is useful to the company. Like their knowledge won't disappear overnight if they were an SME in area A mm -hmm. and they decide to, they want to start, you know, becoming an SME in area B. Like their knowledge in area A will not vanish or become obsolete overnight. The they just want to start. Yeah. Like they just want to go and switch their focus and do something new, do something interesting. And that should be supported. Yes. But it's very insidious, right? Because I gave the example of Silicon Graphics. I mean, I did a lot of different things there. And still, when that company went bankrupt, I had to go somewhere else. Because all the examples you gave is moving inside the company itself. And sure, sure. that should just work. 
But if you want to go to some other company and you're very much focused on the thing your current company does and nothing else, yeah. why? I mean, sadly, uh, companies aren't willing to invest a lot of time in training people into whatever they should know. They kind of want to hire people with all the skills already present and all the knowledge. I mean, you want to work for us? You need to know our product better than we do. It's changing a little bit because of the shortage mm. of people, of course. People are people are willing to train people up more and more. And if you have a good company, that's always been the case. So that's a good way of kind of separating the good and the bad companies from each other. If they're interested in, uh, in in retention and educating their people for that retention, but that's the niche danger that you kind of get stuck. Well, stuck is a bad word because you might like being stuck at that company, but you will kind of limit your career prospects by being an expert on what that one company do does sorry and uh, maybe as an example if you're if you're a developer and you're only doing java development well if java for some reason if microsoft is right with their net solution that was going to remove java from the face of the earth if they had been successful haven't been don't start the wars they haven't been <laughs> but that would have been a problem because you were so focused on java yeah now, in I pre uh, just to finish that quickly, for the pre-sales jobs, this is different because of the pre-sales, you have to also know the competition. So you kind of, in the, it's an impossible to get into a niche situation, which is yeah. basically why I do the job, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the, to, to use a, um, a, a different example of the same scenario you mentioned on the last episode, I, I have also hired people from consulting backgrounds mm -hmm. and um and was was the the journey you know utterly seamless and uh and sort of incredibly easy for them no definitely not but the the people that i've hired from those backgrounds i looked more at you know what was their what was their mindset you know what were the reasons that they Motivation. were looking to change yeah what were their motivations um and like one particular um sort of person that i'm thinking about in my mind like their their motivations were very focused around they wanted to push themselves they wanted to challenge themselves they wanted like yes they wanted to get into the the pre-sales sort of uh type role but more than that they wanted to do something different and you know that particular individual you know did everything go super smoothly through their first 90 days no absolutely not but they are, uh, you know, currently one of the rising stars within the within the, the team and within the organisation, doing an exceptionally good job, and have have really picked up the the nuances of the of the SE role, and you know are doing incredibly well. So don't you know don't think that just because you're looking at a a shift in a career path that like it's not doable it absolutely is um, but you need to be honest with yourself about the the challenges that that's going to face and you need to have that conversation with the hiring manager and make sure that you know expectations are clear yep. and well understood and like they are prepared to give you the time that you will need potentially over and above that that would be needed by someone that's already in a similar role or already in a similar industry or you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, and decent companies will do that. They will recognize yeah. that. They will see your potential. If your motivation is right for me, that's the most important thing. And we will they, they will help you. That that's that's fine. And I would even say that if you do change jobs, 
and it isn't a, a total, uh, I was going to say a bad word, but we're clean podcast. It's a total disaster the first couple of months. If I mean, if I'm in a new job and I don't feel, oh my God, what have I done in the first couple of months? Why did I change? Mm. If it was that simple, if it's just moving from a, a green desk to a blue desk, why did I change? I mean, it's annoying doing all the paperwork and stuff. Just stay where you are then. <laughs> change should be. You grow through pain, basically. And pain, not in the physical sense, but pain in... It's called growing pains for a reason. Yeah. And one of the biggest regrets I have now is that I didn't go to pre-sales earlier. I mean, even when I was at Silicon Graphics 20 years ago, my manager there kind of pushed me all the time towards pre-sales. And I was, no, 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 that's talking to customers. I'm, I'm in support. That's, that's a lot of, I, I know this. I don't want to change this. That fear thing we talked about in the previous uh, episode. And I should have done this a long time ago. Was it easy? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. But I would never go back. And yeah, I'm, I have no idea what I'm going to do next. I mean, I, I can't look at the future, but I will never let that stop me because through chaos through through difficulty you grow and that is if i look at a cv if i look at the linkedin profile i'm kind of looking at changes that aren't obvious mm. you went from this to that wow and you stay there for like three four years cool if this person comes into an interview tell me how that was yeah that's an in that I, makes an interesting person yeah but like that's the that's one of the most interesting things or one of the most powerful things, I think, which is this, this concept of growth mindset of actually evolving yourself. But yeah, I think it, it is, it is an incredibly important part of the, the whole sort of career path yeah. journey. And just for people maybe don't know the growth mindset idea, basically it means don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Failing is not bad. As long as you learn from your failures, it's good. Failing at the same thing time and time again, <laughs> that's still bad. That's not good. But trying something and it doesn't work out, as long as you learn something, and for some people it's, okay, pre-sales, that ain't my thing. Cool, mm. you learn something. You can move on from there. And typically, if you're in a good company, you'll be able to move toward consulting or anything. There should be plenty of jobs available today if you're in a good company. That shouldn't be a problem to this kind of lateral movements. But uh, yeah, growth mindset, it's something I learned the hard way, <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, it's a definitely good one. All right. So the next kind of big, uh, big topic here really is, um, in terms of career path, like management versus individual contributor. And this is, a this is to be really, really clear here. This is very different from leadership. You can lead in an organization as an individual contributor. Um, you can lead as a people manager, but what we're, what it, this is often very confusing to people. Or at least I, sh I say that, um, at any good organization, <laughs> you can lead as an individual contributor. You, or you can be seen as a leader and to be an individual contributor, but so that aside, and maybe we will cover that a little bit later in terms of, uh, going into people management versus, you know, staying as an individual contributor, like both of those roles should be seen as equally important within an organization. Like it's not to move from a, an individual contributor to a manager is not a promotion. 
It is a change of role. Yeah, that and that's one of the things that I I think is really really important. A move that you should value as a manager and as a leader. I I value individual contributors every bit as much as I value uh, the managers that report to me, because you need both of those things. You can't just have an organisation fully staffed with managers. That definitely doesn't work. And you also can't. You can't scale to support an organization that uh, that is just fully staffed with individual contributors. So you need both parts of the puzzle to make that work. Yeah, I had a total answer in my, in my head. And when you said that, I had that uh, cartoon in my head from the galley, the, the, the mm -hmm. boat with the one rower and the, the five drummers, mm -hmm. the whole thing, right? Um, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, leadership is something you can do as a person. It's totally the voice from your role. And it's one way to keep uh, senior people interested by giving them yes. that kind of maybe example role, if that's a better word for leadership, for leading, I don't know, but just being able to pass on your knowledge to the, the new people, things like that. And mentoring is a very good way of doing that, but also just having internal um, brown bag sessions and just talk about stuff, not just about the technology things, but also about how technology affects in pre-sales world, your customers and how you can make that work better. That's a, definitely a good way of working. Now, this is also a bit of a cultural thing, right? Because I'm mm. pretty sure that a lot of people that are young and doing the career stuff get pressure from their parents, their family to become a manager because for a long time, being successful meant you were in a management position. Now, this has changed and a lot of uh, better companies now have kind of parallel career paths within the company where you can move yeah. up the ladder on a technology, technology, tech technical leadership or people mm. management role and career paths, uh, payment scales, everything are kind of in sync. Now, up until the top, because you have the CEO and the CTO, which should also be kind of in the same space on the technical and the people management part of it. So that is now possible. And that's a good thing because the worst thing that I've seen happen is when people get promoted towards a manager because they were so good at their job as an individual contributor. So you take oh, this person yeah. who's a brilliant contributor doing his thing very well, and now you make him a manager, which probably him or her, sorry, which potentially he doesn't, he or she doesn't even want to be, doesn't have the skills for, and you lost the valuable asset in the same way. And that's how things can go very bad in a company. And I've seen a lot of examples of that. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the counter to that is just because someone was uh, a really good individual contributor, doesn't mean they could also not be a really good manager. And again, I've had examples of that as well, where like people have been exceptional individual contributors, but wanted to move towards people management just because that's either because that's what something they wanted to try and they'd never done it before, but they wanted to give it a go, or because it's just something that they they had done before or saw themselves heading towards. And again, like there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's very much a, it depends. But yeah, I couldn't agree more they, with the the idea of just because someone does really well in an individual contributor role, like oh, that automatically means they'll they'll do even better as a as a manager. You know, that's just it's a terrible concept. And thankfully, I think most it's mostly very well understood now that that is not the case. But mm. I have my doubts if I look at some leadership in some companies. But uh, going back to the positive, as, as an individual contributor, you have a big 
way of showing your management that you are interested in the management tree or not and giving them, mm. uh, I'm going to say proof or, or reasons to believe you should be good at that. And that's again, going back to that leadership idea, because looking at people around me and looking at myself, uh, leadership can come in two ways or multiple ways, but the main differences are leadership through knowledge sharing. Mm -hmm. I know this stuff through experience and I'm giving it to the people around me who want it. And you have leadership in a way of, oh, something needs to be done. Let me organize that. Let me set yeah. a group to get things like that. And there's a yeah. whole spectrum between there, of course, it's kind of the, the yeah. two uh, yeah. outsides. But if you as an individual contributor, if you don't do either, you'll stagnate and you will not be recognized as a, you will still be valuable, but not be recognized as the more valuable mm. person. So as a person, as an individual contributor, can we make a shorter word for that? <laughs> um, I see. <laughs> no, that's that's of care, so I can't do that either. But uh, <laughs> as an IC, whatever. Um, no, I hate that. I don't I abbreviate people. As an individual contributor, that's it. Uh, you have your own, uh, you have to do that yourself. You have to take leadership for those things if you want to move up, both in the technical track or the management track, by doing this, by doing this knowledge sharing or doing organizational stuff. And that will get noticed in a good company. They will see you doing that. They will see, oh, yeah. he, we had this project and oh, that 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 person, that woman, she put the people together. Uh, it, yeah, that went interesting. Oh, the opening here for management, middle management, uh, interested. That's how it mm. should work in a, in a normal way. And hopefully then that person can flourish and become even more valuable to the company because that's the end goal, right? Yeah. I, let, let's just quickly uh, talk a little bit about some of the reasons definitely not to go into management. More money. Like, ex like that is the number one. Like, <laughs> don't go into management for that. Please. Like, as, an individual, as an individual contributor, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't go into it just because you're looking for the title yeah. and the kudos and the ability to you know, swing your weight around. Um, don't go into management uh, just because you think that that's just the next step for you. You have um, to be because else you're failing somehow. Exactly. Now, some of the reasons or some of the, one of the things that I, uh, I particularly ask people to think about is when you're doing your own performance review, like, do you find that an interesting and useful and valuable part of of the year like do you really enjoy that if you don't really enjoy that like it's a huge red flag that you will not be a good people manager and Jan is just falling apart on the other side of this video call here like he is definitely not the kind of person that that desperately enjoys uh that kind of experience but if you want to be a good people manager like you need to not just do that. You need to really enjoy doing it. Enjoy spending far more time than you probably think it should take to actually put these things together, to, to think about what is the best feedback I can give this person. Not the, the glowing, oh, you've done everything so well, but the, the most useful and constructive feedback that will give them a chance to grow. And this becomes... Um, more difficult the more senior uh, the person is mm -hmm. because you're now, you know, you're not just talking about the fundamentals or, you know, do this a little bit better, do that a little bit better. You're talking about nuances and you're talking about very um, sort of elements that are really kind of polishing something that's already 
exceptionally good because these are your most senior, you know, best people within your team. But it takes a long time to put that kind of information together, to put that down, then to have that conversation. And it is a conversation, it's a discussion. It's not just you telling people your thoughts on them and you're done. And then it's following up on that. And if that all sounds really interesting and like you're excited by that and like I've just talked nonstop for about five minutes about it, like I'm definitely excited about that, then great. If you're not, if that entire five-minute diatribe just sounded like (laughs) then like it's please don't go into management because a huge part of your value to your team and therefore your value further up the management chain is how you can continue to develop your team and it makes a huge amount of difference yeah i just want to add i mean i was kind of falling apart on the whole do you like performance reviews and just just to maybe keep myself employable i hate performance reviews because they're usually not good because yeah. the manager in question isn't a good manager and doesn't know what he's doing or she or her or yeah. it is doing and that's why it doesn't work and for me i know if i were to become a manager my life would end a manager should be so responsible for his employees. He should do things despite of himself for the employees yeah. so that the employees can grow and flourish. And a good manager gets his, her satisfaction from the successes of their underlings. 100%. And that's a hard thing to do. The reverse of that is that my expectations are sky high. And that's something about mentoring. I like mentoring. That's kind of my, that's as far as I want to go. That's unofficial mm. management position. I mean, it can still do a little bit of growing the person which is very very enriching for me but i don't have the management title of being able to say you have to do this now because i know of my i know how hard i am on myself and i don't wish myself as a manager on anybody else and i think that's (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough and to be honest the best managers i've had were people that didn't want to be a manager that kind of do it because they're good at it and company would be stupid if they didn't make him a manager because he's a good manager he's a good manager he, they know what they're doing they do the good performance reviews so they become a manager despite of themselves but they never really wanted that business card that's not why they do it and that's what yeah yeah i mean just a little bit of self-reflection like for me personally i have throughout my career bounced between individual contributor and you know, people manager multiple times through multiple different organizations. Like I enjoy both sides of the equation. I honestly do think I'm probably a better people manager than I am individual contributor. But I do think having experience with both sides of that makes me a better manager. Like I know at least somewhat what that life is like. I've been a uh, people manager now uh, continuously for the past three years, but before that I spent near, nearly five years as mostly as an IC, running teams for you know, periods of time where required. Before that I was a global you know, leader of, of solutions engineering, built a team from scratch. Before that I was an IC, before that I was a, a people manager, before that I was an IC. So like, I do... I do think it's not necessary, it's not always necessary as well to just think, right, 
I'm going to change companies. I'm going to change my career path. I must go for a manager role because like, that's what I am today. And that's what I want to be tomorrow. It's not always necessary. And I do think, especially younger candidates get a little bit blindsided or overly focused on, um, I want to be, uh, you know, I want to be a manager. Therefore my next move must also be as a manager. If you join the right company that's growing, developing, evolving in the right way, like you can make those kinds of, of shifts within that organization. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's all, these things are all kind of valid. Yeah. And the worst thing that happens is when an IC becomes a manager and forgets everything he ever did when he was an IC. Mm. Yeah, yesterday they were complaining with the rest of us about how bad management was and now he's a manager and management is fantastic. And of yeah. course, both views are bad. There's always good and bad things in every role, but yeah. Right. Well, once again, we've uh, run a little bit long and uh, therefore I believe that's all the time we have for today. Take it away. So you can, of course, support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. We are on YouTube. You can like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all the YouTube things. You can also go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page. And for more information about the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag. And finally, should you wish to, you can send feedback management suggestions, <laughs> recipes to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is, what is my name today? Typical manager doesn't even know his name. I know, it's very disturbing. My name is, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have a good answer for that. Embracing the fact that I don't know. There we go. Dave? And my name is Intensive Care Patient for Life, Jon. <laughs> and we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. See, I had a good one prepared and stalled. You did. Yeah.